Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag And joining us on the Carne Asada is Memo Torres, taco journalist and the director of partnerships at LA Taco. Memo, ¿cómo estás? Bien, bien. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast, man. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. So I, in the interest of full disclosure, I want to start off the show by saying I am a member of LA Taco. And I have my, my hat that actually Memo's hey. wearing, wearing here. Yeah. I have awesome. my, my blue uh, LA Taco hat. So I, I, there's a bunch of things that I want to get into. Uh, first off, you know, this is a podcast where we're about the Dodgers we're about Los Angeles, and we're about tacos. So I want to start off first with, are, are you a sports fan? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I'm a, I bleed blue too, man. Okay, so yeah. how far back do you does your fandom go with the Dodgers? Oh, you're going to date me now. <laughs> Ever <laughs> I since, date myself uh, 19- all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make it easier for you, Memo. 1985 <laughs> NLCS. Does that have anything to do? Uh, does that trigger you in any way? Uh, not quite that far. 1988, yes. though, for sure. 87, okay. 88. Those were my years that when I got into it. Orale. Okay, so uh, did you have a favorite Dodger? Or how did you become a Dodger fan? Uh, you know, uh, it's funny, like my family, I mean, they're all from the, like, you know, the rancho life in Mexico and, you know, they're not really into sports, but you know, Fernando Valenzuela, you know, Fernando mania got the hype going. So all of a sudden my deals were into like baseball because of that. My dad would watch it because of that. Um, and my grandpa, my grandpa was a huge, huge baseball fan. I mean, he actually played in the league out on the West side and, and his team like came in second place one year for like all the Southern California he was a diehard Dodger fan too, so that's how I got in. When I would go over to my grandpa's, he would always be, you know, have peanuts, a Budweiser, and watching the the Dodger game. You know, every time we talk to people, that's how everyone becomes a Dodger fan. It's because of family. We had the uh, the star of uh, we had comedian Chris Estrada on the show, and that's how he's he remembers his uncle taking him. And sitting out in in the pavilions, or like what we like to call them, El Palenque, out there. And that's his memories, and that's how he became a Dodger fan. And I, I feel like 
the, the Dodgers are so ingrained in, in, in this community. They're, they're a part of it. Like, you don't have a choice. You, you are a Dodger fan. You had mentioned Valenzuela. We're huge Valenzuela fans on this show. And the Dodgers recently just announced that they are going to finally retire his number. Did you, yeah. did you have any thoughts on that? And what happened when you found out that they were finally going to retire his number? Um, well, you know, I guess, I guess they're breaking protocol a little bit, you know, they're breaking tradition yeah. doing that. Um, so that was exciting. I mean, I mean, I think that gives it an extra special meaning for, for folks like me who grew up with the Fernando Valenzuela and the Dodgers. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was awesome. It's a great honor. And I mean, look, I think the Dodgers deserve most of their Latino based fandom to him. So, you know, giving him all that proper credit, those special, you know, like, um, considerations and, you know, you know, breaking tradition a little bit for that is it just gives it that extra special meaning to me. All right. So I, I want to start off first. Let, let's for our listeners who don't know, what is L.A. Taco? L.A. Taco. Um, we're we're not a taco shop. <laughs> we're not a, a, a taco caterers. <laughs> Anytime I some people see me with my hoodie or my hat, they're like, oh, I, I love those tacos. They're the greatest tacos ever. <laughs> Uh, no, we're actually an online publication where we write about tacos and local news, art, culture, um, anything that's based in LA. Um, that's, you know, from a street level journalism side. So, and we try to focus on the areas that, you know, traditional media will ignore. Um, you know, most of like traditional media will focus on anything from Santa Monica to like downtown LA, um, kind of avoid like the neighborhoods like Southeast LA or, you know, Compton, um, Inglewood, you know, or farther east, east of Label Heights. Um, so we try to focus on and bring those voices to, you know, the, you know, the mainstream and give them uplift those communities. So who came up with the term taco journalist? Was that something that had already <laughs> existed before you became a taco journalist? Or did you create that yourself? Uh, no, I didn't create that myself. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know who created it. But I mean, We've we've always had people who were taco journalists. Uh, you know, for example, there was like Gustavo Rellano who wrote the first one of the first books. We have Jose Ralat in Texas who was hired as a as a taco editor for Texas Monthly. Um, we have our editor Javier Cabral who was also kind of a taco journalist, and um, we had like Dan Hernandez before him. So I, I don't know exactly where the term came from, but um, I call myself that because that's pretty much what like my beat is, you know, as a journalist, you, you know, you have beat. What's your beat? Mine, mine says become tacos. That's what I read about and, you know, talk about. So you're different than, uh, than a food critic, right? I mean, or are, are we blurring the line here? You know, I don't, I don't like to criticize food, you know, especially because a lot of the shops I visit, like mom and pop shops, you know, like I'm not going to go to your Tia's shop and be like, your tacos are shit. <laughs> you know i'm not i'm not gonna criticize people's food if i didn't like it that's fine i i, I you know I'll wipe my hands i'll pay the bill i walk but i'm good you know like but they won't get a shout out you know that's i just you know i won't talk shit i won't give them a shout out but um yeah um uh, uh if the place is good then i'll tell people about it i'll write a nice review about them um if they have a nice story i'd like to share those stories too um but yeah, so as a critic, I don't really criticize the food. Yeah, no, not, not. I'm more of a, this is where you can go and have a bomb ass taco. So you have one of the best nicknames out there. Uh, so for those of you who are not familiar, uh, Memo has a nickname of El Dragon. 
And for you people who don't speak Spanish, uh, el trago just means he has a very healthy appetite. I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> who gave you that nickname, Memo? And please don't tell me you gave it to yourself. And uh, you were uh, one of those guys that walks around going, hey, start calling me el dragón. <laughs> no, um, it's something that like my my well, it goes back to like my mom, my mom, uh, rest in peace, passed away. And she would always love to feed me good food. And she'd always be like, Ay, como eres un pinche dragón. you know, like <laughs> un pinche dragón all the time. Um, and since she's passed away, I've always kind of like started like searching for those flavors again. And every time I'd go out to eat and stuff, I, I would search for those dishes. Um, you know, so I mean, siempre my dad would say like, te la pasas tragando, you know, you're still out there <laughs> tragando. So it's something that like, it's always kind of stuck with me. So when I was trying to figure out my like IG name and stuff, I was like, I don't know. I used to be memo nation under or a short message, you know, <laughs> and that was another nickname I had. So I decided to just go with like el dragon because that's something that my mom used to call me. So that's what I did. El dragon. It's a term. If it's a term of endearment, right? Memo, it comes from love. It does. You know, as you know, Latinos or Mexican, especially, you know, the most derogatory term is the most <laughs> endearing term to give. You know, if you're a Pinche fat ass, gordo, you know, you're like, you know. gordo. Yeah. <laughs> gordo, ven pa acá. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have to have thick skin. So your yeah. your official title with L.A. Taco, though, is director of partnerships. So what what does that mean? Um, so that's the official title. Um, um, they call me over there the Mexican Swiss Army Knife um, <laughs> because I do a lot more than that. You know, I do writing, I do video, I do business deals behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, director of partnerships. Basically, we have our membership program, which you are a proud supporter. Thank you for that. Um, and so one of the things I do is that I, I'll talk to different taquerias, different businesses, and I'll try to get our members perks. You know, and then we when we collaborate on events or we do our own events then you know i make sure that our members are taken care of um you know so just kind of connecting with different vendors and businesses um and making sure our, our members are taken care of that's what i try to do you know i mean i i love it because i would go to taco trucks right and i see the la taco sticker and that's that's how i first found out about you guys and i was just like wait there's perks i i can get free tacos so for those of you that are listening to the show and you're finally discovering la taco for the first time go to the website become a member you're gonna enjoy the perks just just go ahead yeah. and do it how yeah you support you our local there? journalism you support our local journalism and get free tacos in exchange i mean how do you beat that? It's the barter system. I think it's perfect. H how long have you been with LA Taco now? You know what, man? I was just I was just thinking about that. I'm like, this is on my fourth year now, man. I think I'm in four years now. Yeah, I, it's just like I blinked, and all of a sudden, it's four years. I feel like I'm still new there. <laughs> so th there's this this vibe, right? That LA Taco is of the street, and like you said, it it focuses on those neighborhoods that normally don't get attention. But when you mm -hmm. look at your ba background, I mean, you graduated from Cal Berkeley, right, Memo? I mean, it's not yeah. like... I'm a golden bear. You're not... <laughs> I mean, you are... It's not like you graduated from the uh, Harvard of Long Beach like myself. Shouts out to Cal State <laughs> Long Beach. I mean, you, I mean, what was what was your experience like up in uh, in Cal Berkeley? Um, well, it was interesting, man. I was like the first of my family to go to college. Um... um you know, I grew up in Inglewood and 
Vancouver city back and forth. Um, so, you know, going to Berkeley was, 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 I don't know, it was just like a whole other world. Uh, I was like, I didn't know what a major, I had to pick a major. Like, what the fuck is a major, dude? Like, I have to pick something <laughs> here. Like, <laughs> I can't just like do the classes and graduate. Like, I have to pick something here. Um, but, you know, it, it was interesting. Like, I, I got, I got to really kind of, it opened my eyes as to how underrepresented um, Latinos are, you know, and uh, minorities are in general and how hard it was for us to, to like really kind of advocate for ourselves. So I kind of became an advocate over there. I, I got involved with some nonprofits, ran some nonprofits over there um, and um, tried to do a lot of work to kind of bring awareness to um, kids. And then I, I would do, organize these trips going back to L.A., to high schools and get people to talk to the high school uh, students from all across the Southern California, actually all of California. And, um, you know, try to motivate these kids like, Hey, you know, like you guys should, you know, think about college. Here are the resources. We're here as a resource. Um, Cause honestly, like when I applied to all the colleges, I got rejected by everybody except for Berkeley. Like wait, everybody, wait, wait, wait a minute. You got yeah. rejected and you had to settle for Berkeley? Like what were those I other had to settle for that, Berkeley. <laughs> what were those other colleges that you were applying to? Like Cal States and like, like wait, your wait, school wait, rejected Cal my Cal States ass. declined you? They turned you <laughs> yeah, down and you, and you slummed it in Berkeley. Yeah, basically. Wow. I got into like the, they had like the summer bridge program. And they were like, all right, we're going to give you a chance. <laughs> You're gonna go to summer school before the fall, and if your dumbass doesn't cut it, you're out. Like so, you know. Luckily, I did well. So, <laughs> so I mean, being that you you're a SoCal guy, I love mm -hmm. the Bay Area, and I know there's a lot of people that are SoCal people that they hate the Bay Area, and I'm just like, I I think it's just stupid. I don't get why we're supposed to hate the Bay Area, but. Was it a little bit of a culture shock for you going from SoCal to the Bay Area, or did you adapt pretty quickly? Um, I, you know, I adapted pretty quickly. Um, the thing is, like, growing up, I did go to a lot of different schools. You know, I went to schools in Inglewood. We did a stint in Canyon Country, so I was over there in KKK Country. Oh. Um, and then down in Culver City. So I went to public schools. I went to private schools. I moved around, you know, to different. So I learned to adapt. You know, mm -hmm. and Berkeley was probably the one place where I was like, okay, this is going to be my school from beginning to end. And, um, you know, that, that was, uh, that was awesome. So oh, yeah, great. for me, it was easy. And I, 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 I love change. I love experiencing new things. I love traveling, which is what, which is what, why I do what I do, man. I love going all over LA and I mean, and experiencing new areas, new people, new food. Exactly. I mean, your, your job sounds great. I, I mean, it, LA Taco is viewed as a food-centric website, but you had mentioned mm -hmm. you you guys do local news. How? Yeah. What was what was your experience like there? Where you know you guys write some good stories over there, but there is this like oh they're just about tacos, and I'm like no they're not about tacos. I mean they're writing about stuff that you should be paying attention to. Is it hard yeah. to overcome that stigma of uh, you guys are just like do doing food reviews yeah i mean i mean anytime we write something we're like look one of the one of the the things that what's that saying it's um afflict the comfort the comfort you know afflict the comfortable and and comfort the afflicted 
You know, that's kind I didn't of go to Berkeley our... memo, so I've never heard that quote. But I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that we try to do. You know, it's like so. Um, you know, it's like when we we write a lot of like investigative stories. We have great reporters. We have Janet Villafana. We have Alexis Olivia Ray. Um, um, we have a lot of freelancers. Um, we have food folks like me and Hadley um, and our editor Javier Cabral. And um, one of the things that, that that what we try to do is is we try to expose what's going on in the communities. You know, you can't write about a taquero and not reference how they're an immigrant and how they're dealing with these situations with the city and local politics, um, how police are affecting, you know, the youth in these areas, you know, like everything is so intertwined in LA. It's, 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 it's almost an injustice to just kind of write about the asala, you know, and not talk about what's going around around it. Like, right. Like why is this homie over here from Puebla making a barbacoa on the weekends? You know, like, why Why is he doing this bomb-ass barbacoa? Like, what brought that here? Well, it's like, you know, it's because he's making ends meet. He lost his job because he got evicted. And now he's living with his primo. Because, and now he's trying to work on his immigration papers. But the city won't help him out and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's and there's a lot that goes into, like, these communities, right? How did this community become an Ethiopian community? How does this community become a Salvadorian community? You know, why? You know, like, so there's it's just there's so much that goes on to to what makes L.A. L.A. And that's what they do, that we love L.A. We're all passionate about our city. So we try to tell those stories, let people know what's up, what's going on here, especially because we get so many, like so many transplants and they all come here. They move to West Hollywood and they're like, oh, everybody here is fake. It's like, well, you're living amongst all the fake people that like, you know, want to <laughs> pretend they are somebody, you know, it's like. <laughs> Get out of that area, you know, come down, you know, visit the communities, you know, try some good food. And that's it. I love that you said that because I, I hate when people crap on L.A., right? I, I, I absolutely right. hate it because they use the stupid stereotypes of, you know, you guys are Hollywood. And whenever I hear someone say that, I always say to them, you clearly don't know what Los Angeles is. You know, exactly. you, you don't know. And so for me, I, you know, people who know me when I, once I start getting to Beverly Hills or I, I start getting what I call West side nausea because I just prefer the East side of LA to me, the East side of LA, <laughs> that is what LA is like to me. But what do you call What are you calling West side? What are you calling West Side nausea? I, you here? know what it is. Look, I'm from the West Side, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing blows here, right? I, You're throwing feels, blows. Bro. <laughs> it, I, well, how disrespectful I am to my guests, but you know what it is. Now you being like, disrespectful to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I you know? like I live in Orange County, right? And so right. when I go to the West Side, that's what it reminds me of. Is is Orange County? So when I go on the east side, I feel like there's like there's culture there, right? And and look, that's just my ignorance because I'm sure there's culture on the no west comment. side in an <laughs> there's culture on the west side and and all that yeah. stuff. But that's that's the thing. It's it's just LA is so big and you just said it. Like how did this how did little Ethiopia become little Ethiopia? You know, or or parts yeah. of town, like stuff yeah, like I mean, that. Look, just just because you're hating on the west side a little bit, let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about the west side that people don't know. These these are my areas I grew up with. I mean, 
it's a hot spot for Oaxacanos, dude. Like, I mean, Oaxacan people here have been here. It's, you know, little Oaxaca, California. It's heavy here. People mm -hmm. don't realize that. You know, there's a lot of Oaxacan restaurants, pop-ups, stands, taco trucks out here. Um, you know, there, there's a huge Latino community that, that from Venice, they're survivalists. They're still trying to survive gentrification in Venice. You know, there's a huge Latino community in Culver City and Inglewood, too. You know, there's a there's a big black community, too, like all over Inglewood. Um, Santa Monica used to be very heavily Latino and black um, and Venice, too. People don't realize that kind of stuff. And those people like the old school folks, like they're still here, you know, but they get overshadowed by this myth of like, oh, the West Side is like you said, you know, yeah. you know it's nauseating. <laughs> there's no culture. There's a <laughs> lot of culture here. Just people don't know about it. You know, so it's like, you know, like that that kind of uh, perspective of L.A., you know, that, that's like what you see West Side, the West Side as. That's how a lot of people see L.A. in general, you know, right. and going up to Berkeley, the hate is real, man. The Bay hates L.A. And I was always like, yeah. man, L.A. is cool. Like, what are you guys talking about? You know, like, like, oh, we hate L.A. They're all pretentious and shit. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, that's just what you think. That's what you think, you know. See, so. this is why we wanted to have you on, Memo, so you can educate. Look, I I acknowledge my ignorance. I mean, I have a Playa Larga education. So, you know, I, I, I want to be educated. I, I want to learn the ways, you know. I still prefer the East Side, but I, I get it. And and I love that that history that you just brought up in terms of, like, especially when you drive through certain parts of L.A. and you see how, like, the neighborhood changes. You see a bunch of Hasidics just walking around and you realize, oh, this is a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood. I mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize that. that that's, that's stuff about L.A. that I find very interesting. And, and that's why I think stuff that you guys publish at L.A. Taco is important and why I suggest everyone should go ahead and read it. One of the things... Yeah, we... um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, like we just started our neighborhood project where we're going around and giving you like a taco or food guide for each neighborhood and a history guide. And we tell people like this is the history of your neighborhood. All right. Like like if you're going to move into this area or if you live here, you're growing up here like you should know this is the history. Like, did you know it was Tongva land here? Did you know this was started because of Chinese internment camps? Did you know, um, you know, this is why how this community was built, you know? So that's one of the, the the things that we try to promote a lot. It let people know this is your city. This is the history. This is this is why the culture behind it. You know, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so let me ask you. I mean, when you do, I find that you know his very interesting because I'm just history interests me. But when you guys are combining that with stories about food, how often do you guys? Maybe you don't. Maybe it's an assumption on my part. Do you guys get accused of being woke? Oh yeah. Well, we're woke, we're left, we're we're super progressive. And it's like I got into this argument with um somebody the other day. You guys are just like woke, blue, damn devil. I'm like, you know, like if you read the articles of like the people we come after, you know, we're we're really strong about holding people accountable. Everybody we've been holding accountable are democratic politicians in LA. You know, like they're all the Democratic. We've been calling them out, whether it had been the sheriff who was, used to be Democrat and then started going to the right and then got kicked out, whether it be like um, Kevin DeLeon or, or um, um, Nancy, you know, I forgot her name, um, uh, Nuri Martinez. And I mean, like all these politicians, we don't look at, at blue or red like, like, look, this is a person in power. This is a person in politics. We're going to keep him accountable. 
We're going to like make sure that they come up through with their promises and all that stuff. We don't care about none of that. You know, what we care about is that our communities are being served, you know, that nobody's getting cheated um, and accountability, you know? And I mean, I don't think that's anything that's wrong, but of course, you know, like, I guess that's being woke because what you're being aware of what's going on in the city. Like we're trying to promote, like, yeah. like not promote, but like, you know, educate people and inform people like that's being woke. Well, I guess that's the definition of woke. And there's something wrong with that. Should we all just be ignorant? The number one comment we get on our on our in our in our Instagram comments or Twitter is like it's stick to tacos. <laughs> like <laughs> it's the equivalent of like shut up and dribble. Like yes. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like nah, come on. All right. Like, like uh you need to learn what's going on with your city, and we're here to inform you. Whether you like to hear it or not, that's what's going on. I have always thought that woke has become a code for, I don't want to talk about this. You're making me uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to hear that the police are doing this. Yeah. I don't want to hear that the sheriff's doing that. I don't want to hear that my politicians are doing this. You know, like, I mean, it's it's become like the, the new Antifa now, right? Like that's yeah. what they're pushing it towards. You know, like, oh, it's, it's, it's code for, for shut up. Yeah, that's literally what it is. It is. Yeah, and and I think what you just said right now is like, why wouldn't you want to hear stories about people getting cheated? Those aren't ideals of right or left. Nobody wants to get cheated. Why would you want to see someone be taken advantage of? So exactly, I I I appreciate the efforts that you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, we take we take a lot of crap, but it's it's okay. Somebody has to. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I found interesting is you have your own landscaping business, right? Yeah, man, you did your research. <laughs> That's something I don't Thank really you. talk Pre- about much. <laughs> no, look, I, I wanted to bring this up because so not only are you doing your work at LA Taco, but you're also running your, your own business, right? So I don't want right. to sit there and say, hey, LA Taco is your side hustle, because I'm sure you're committed to both of them equally, right? But yeah. the landscaping yeah. thing interested me because it's your third generation uh, landscaper. Damn, dude, like what? you did your research, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, my, my yes. father, my my father, you know, when he first came to this country, it was the classic immigrant story, right? He was a migrant worker up in Merced in the central central California. And then when we moved to Southern California, a lot of his jobs were back then they were called gardeners, right? Mm-hmm. And I think as a kid, because I was young and stupid, I viewed it as like, oh, my dad is a gardener because I heard so many times people would be like, oh, that stupid gardener or, or stuff like Like it was a low, like a, a bottom of the rung type job, right? Yeah. And I never realized until I was older that, damn, my dad worked hard. Like this was yeah. hard work. And yeah. so I, I just found it really interesting that you, I mean, you should be proud uh, of being a yeah. landscaper. How... How did the landscaping business come into your life? Um, so I went to Berkeley, right? <laughs> and I graduated Berkeley. And um, it was like there was like a, a like a depression hit. Like and and like I tried to go into business with my dad, and then you know we kind of butt heads and it wasn't working. I couldn't get hired coming out of college because I was overqualified 
and not experienced enough because I had been running all these nonprofits like while I was in college. I was like running shit. Um, so people didn't believe my resume. They were like, you're kind of overqualified, but you don't have the experience we want. You know, so it was like I couldn't get a fucking job anywhere. I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I went through their management MT. I had this bullshit door-to-door sales job one day that I got conned into for one day, which was a whole other story. I mean, that's a story I love to tell. Um, but imagine me like, all right, like, you know what? I, you know, I got married. I had kids. I'm like, I need to fucking work. You know, like I, I can't get a job. I need to fucking work. So my dad had this truck that, that, um, was using for gardening. I'm like, dad, give me that truck. Like, give me that truck. He's like, okay. He's like, I'm like, all right. So I got, a, I got the truck and I started working in this company. Um, and then I started bringing in like clientele, right? And I was like, at that point, my dad was doing well for himself. Like he had, he had really nice clientele. Like he had like the, the, the fancy condos in Beverly Hills. He had like the Santa Monica Hospital and, uh, the UCLA Medical Plaza. And that's where I would work when I would get out of high school and be like, huevon, no te trabajar, chingale, you know, like so, <laughs> so I was gardening during high school and stuff. Um, so I was like, all right. So I started like trying to build up his business and, and bringing up these like small clients. And he's like, ah, tan muy chiquitos, he would say, you can have them. So that's how I did it. And then and eventually he was like, you know what? Like we butted heads. He's like, why don't you do your own thing? Take the truck. And so here I am, a college kid with a fucking UC Berkeley degree with the Cardiniendo with a truck and a lawnmower. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, picking up a, a, a homie, a paisita there who still works for me um, and gardening. You know, and my cousins would laugh at me. Oh, idolo, idolo, el, el, el college boy, jardineando. <laughs> so, it, you know, it took a lot of, like, me having to, like, um, um, like swallow my own pride and just kind of be like, look, I got to do what I got to do. I got family. Mm-hmm. I got kids. Nobody's hiring me. I need to get to work. And that's what I did. I built my own company. I built it up. And um, I built it too big. And then I, you know, I, I, I descaled it and now it's kind of automated. I've taken my best guys and I've kind of turned them into like their own, like kind of subs in a way where like everything's commission based. So they all, everybody's profit sharing, you know, everybody's committed there, you know, and, and we all, we all do good. So because my company now is a kind of an autopilot and my guys already know everybody, they know the clientele too. And we all work so good, well together. It's like, it's easy. I just get the jobs. I get the contracts. I maintain relationships. My guys do all the work. I go and supervise. If there's a big job, like we're doing a big job right now, I'll get my boots back on. I'll get in there and I'll start working. You know, the other day they were like, Memo, you always bring us the shitty tacos from the closest lunch store. Why don't you bring us some of the ones you're posting about? <laughs> Oh, like, yeah. All right, all right. All right. I'm like, all right, I'll go get you some good tacos. <laughs> wow. I mean, you probably get that a lot, huh? If people don't like the tacos, they'd be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about if you think these are good. <laughs> no, I'm working. They're like, yeah, I'll get you some food. I go to the closest lunch truck. They're like, nah, 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 nah. Get us some of the ones you're posting about. <laughs> but, hey, man, great. But yeah, good man. For, good for you, dude. That's inspiring. Yeah. So yeah, now and then because uh because I built that company and I, and I've managed to organize it in a way that gives me a lot of free time, um, and makes everybody a lot of money. You know, like my guys, like they're making a lot of money. I get I get to pay my bills and I get to have this passion project with LA Taco and and do that. So as I'm driving out there and I'm looking at potential jobs or clients or properties, you know, I'm stopping by. So it's, it fits like a zipper. It's perfect. You know. 
one doesn't really take time away from the other. That's awesome, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and you have like, I mean, you said it. You built it up big. You you had like what movie studio clients and all that stuff. I I take care of a lot of movie studios you know, around Hollywood and the Valley. Yeah, those, one of my biggest clients is a, owns a lot of studios. So, so literally, yeah. and then I have a lot your of cousin, partner. your cousins can get away with saying, "Oh, you're all Hollywood and shit now, huh?" <laughs> 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 yeah and now i'm on, like i'm on netflix and shit i'm like all right well netflix, i take care of one of netflix's buildings i'm like i'm doing their gardening and i'm on their show so <laughs> <laughs> i i want to get into the taco chronicles but before that i i want to segue because i i'm very impressed by this man and and so this is just well, my you. own curiosity you are a finalist for the ruben salazar journalism award what yeah. was what did you become a finalist for? What what story was it? Or was it just overall coverage? Uh, no, it was for a specific story. Um, so there was the Andres Guardado. I don't know to remind people. Andres Guardado was an 18-year-old kid who had just graduated high school. He was working at some body shop in Gardena. Um, police rolled up, chased him down an alley, shot him in the back like five, seven times. Jeez. Right? Um, I broke the... I broke the... I didn't... Like I oh, kind of broke the. That was the one down in Compton, right? Gardena, yeah. Oh, it was Gardena. Actually, okay. it was, no, it was it was Compton. It was Compton. It was Compton, right next to Gardena. Now, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I kind of went down there and I interviewed the shop owners. I kind of exposed the cover up by the by the sheriffs. Uh, um, people have weren't really talking about like what really happened. So I kind of exposed all of that, and I became a huge deal. And it was right during the George Floyd protests. Um, while I was doing that, I met the family of another person that had been shot and killed by the police, uh, Daniel Hernandez. Um, and the fam- I met the family of Daniel Hernandez, and we started digging into it. It turned out that he was shot and killed by the daughter of Jamie McBride, who is um, the president of the uh, Los Angeles, um, what is it called? The, the, the LAP, the, the Los Angeles Police Union. Um, who is basically now she's like a cop influencer you know she she's got hundreds of thousands of followers she she trains people like keanu reeves and stuff like that and she's like this big gun enthusiast um and she basically pulled up danny hernandez was having like a mental breakdown his car has crashed he was walking up towards her and she just kind of you know like movie style got out of the car pulled her gun out and put one bullet in his forehead and two in the chest just bah, 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 killed him like instantly so in that t- in that time frame that 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 same week that had also killed another um uh young man named Danny Hernandez there was two Danny Hernandez killed by LAPD on the same fucking week so we did this whole investigative story and, and then um i worked with Lexis Olivier who's our writer he helped write the story i got him all the information i got him the interviews and we worked on it together um he published it, and then that became a really big deal. That story blew up, and uh, we got recognized for that work. So both him and I got recognized for the for, for that, and that's why I was a finalist for Room Sales Art Award. Hey, congratulations! Like for me, that's that's a huge honor. Uh, it makes me a little sad that a lot of people don't know who Ruben Salazar is. Uh, yeah. What did that What did that mean to you to to be a, a finalist for that? Um, you know, um. Honestly, like, um, I was kind of like cool, like 
like that's cool like i don't think i really deserved anything like lex wrote the article i did a lot of the legwork um but to me it was more about like let's get these attention to like what's going on with the with the police and the shootings and then just there's no accountability um I ended up doing like a whole thread on Twitter on on police gangs. People didn't know that there's actual gangs inside the police. You know, the banditos, the the Vikings, executioners, the three thousands, the two thousands. Um, that inspired another writer, Cerise Castle, to do a whole a uh, whole series and deep dive into that. Um, uh, to me, it's just like like look, I I have imposter syndrome. Right, I didn't study journalism. I was a fucking cardinero. All of a sudden, I'm fucking like exposing LAPD and the sheriffs um, while writing about tacos. Like, what kind of a fucking world am I in? You know, like so. It's it's like it, it's like it just didn't click in my head. So I'm just like, okay, now I got this finalist for Rune Salazar Award. That's cool, you know. Um, but it kind of fucked with my head, you know. To be honest with you, it fucked with my head. I'm like. It just all just kind of spiraled. It was like, like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> like, how did I get into this world? How am I doing this? And I don't know. But, you know, I, I think I, I learned a, a lesson from, I have a high school teacher, Mr. Diaz, Lalo Diaz. Shout out to that guy. Um, goes back to Berkeley. Goes back to me getting into Berkeley. He uh, He was like, my counselor brought me in and he was like, all right, it's college time. Where do you want to apply? Oh, I don't know. I heard about Yale and Columbia and Harvard. How are those schools? Because I didn't know shit, right? He laughs at me. Nah, ha, 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 ha. nah I applied to Cal State. I'm like, all right. This this teacher pulls me in. He's like, hey, mijo, come in here. He's like, what did your counselor say? I'm like, nah, he laughed at me. In this. He's like, man, fuck that puto. I'm like, okay. He's like, where do you want to apply? I'm like, well, I don't know this. He's like, you know what? You're going to apply to this school. You're going to apply to this school. And you put Berkeley down. He's like, just apply. What's the worst you got to do? I'm like, he's like, you're going to lose time applying? And then what? You get rejected and you're right back where you're at, right? Just do it. He's like, you never know what opportunities will open up for you if you don't do it. And there's, there's an opportunity out there, follow it. Put in the legwork. Just don't waste time not doing shit and not trying to do something because you don't know if it's going to pan out or if you're going to be good at it or not. That's what I did. That's, and that's how I got involved with LA Taco. And that's how I do everything at LA Taco is like, why not? Let me see what's going on here. Let me follow this thread. You know, let me let me write about tacos. Let me write about that. You know, maybe I'm good at it. And, you know, it's it's worked out for me. I never in a million years thought I would be here sitting with the great Juan Ramirez talking about <laughs> this, you know? Well, so, I'm glad you had your stand and deliver moment and you got you found your ganas. ganas exactly. Now. Yeah. He was like a ganas type of teacher, you know? So, but, yeah, and then that's that's one of the things that I tell people is, like, don't ever waste an opportunity. Don't ever, like, hold yourself back. Look, dude, I, I know that you're a humble man, and I don't want to turn this into a ball-washing session, but I, I, it, your story is very, uh, it's very inspiring, man, because I hope one day, man, you stop questioning why, you know, this, this happened to you. Uh, it, maybe it was fate. Because I think a lot of people have benefited from not only just your, in all, even the small things you want to say, writing about tacos, but, you know, becoming a finalist. Because in the end, I, I think we, a lot of us feel like, well, someone eventually will do it. And it's just like, well, how do we know someone's eventually going to do it? 
we need someone who actually does it and and you're out there doing it man so congratulations to you thanks man i appreciate it yeah yeah that's and that's key i mean a lot of people think somebody will do it and no if it's if it's in front of you you do it you yeah. know you know if you're the one who sees it then do it write about it call attention to it do something about it and that's Absolutely. that's all i've done Absolutely. Well, since you are Hollywood and shit, I do want to talk about the Taco Chronicles because I I love that show, man. I, I mean, that first season when they were like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's just devoted to one protein. Like the whole episode is devoted to just this episode. But like hearing the backstories and, and like I had no clue Barbacoa was made that way. So when I watch that mm. barbacoa episode and they're putting it in the dirt and they're covering it with leaves, I was just like, holy shit. How did you get involved with, with the Taco Chronicles? Um, so I've been very fortunate. That, uh, I got to give a huge shout out to Javier Cabral, our chief editor at LA Taco. He's actually an associate producer on the show. Mm. Um, and so when they came to L.A., um, he, he was doing this taco scouting. He was like the taco scout for the whole like first two seasons and even the third one. Um, he he invited me to like when they came to L.A., he invited me along. He's like, hey, Memo, come over here. I want you to meet these folks. So I came over here and, and I owe a lot to Javier. Um, he, he's the one who encouraged me to write. He's the one who encouraged me to like, you know, uh, cover the, the places that I like to eat at. And, um, you know, I met the I met the directors and you know the people behind the scenes, and, and I took him to a couple places. You know, and and they loved it. He, uh, like I took him to Villas Tacos, and he became you know he was on the show, um, and yeah, and they were like, all right, cool, and then and then you know like all right, they liked it and stuff, and then I hung out with them, and then they left. They went back to to Mexico. Months later, they hit me up. They're like, Memo, like we're kind of kicking ourselves in the ass. Like we should have like asked you. We should have interviewed you. Like you know, while we were there, would you be down if we flew you down to a DF? I'm like, yeah, fly me down. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never been to live. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on down. We'll fly you down and uh, we'll pay for your hotel flight. And, um, and come on. I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I flew down. I took my dad with me and, uh, and, uh, that was a pretty cool experience. And then they put me in a room, like a restaurant and they, they sat me down and they just started asking me questions on camera. And I just started replying. Um, I had no idea. Like, when it came out that like, you know, I'd be like the first voice. Los Angeles is la mejor ciudad para los tacos. <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> shit. Like, like, oh shit, that's what happened. And then that just happened, man. I I mean, for those of you who have not seen this show, I'm telling you, watch it. It, it it's 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 fascinating, not just because it's gonna make you hungry, but it's just it gives you the whole history of it. And it's it's a really it's a really enjoyable show. Um we're, we're going to get to the part like on this show, we we end every show by talking, asking everybody what their favorite taco is and where to go to get that taco. Being that you're probably we had Gustavo on the show before. Right. So I felt like I was insulting him by asking him this question. I feel the same way by insulting you. So I want to take a little different approach here with this question with you. Uh, and yeah. that it first of all, I want to start off with what is the most underrated city in los angeles for tacos the most underrated oh i would have to say yeah that's a tough one there's so many underrated cities i would say either linwood 
Um, Linwood has a lot of good tacos. Um, down in that hell area, like Linwood and Compton, there's a lot of good stuff down there. Um, stuff that's even hard for me to find, you know, going down there. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, the Valley has a lot of good tacos, but not not quite as much. Um, yeah, I would say Linwood. I think there's a lot of good stuff, especially like like uh, tacos uh, estilo Guadalajara. Oh mm-hmm. my god, those are some of my favorite tacos. So explain to me the difference between estilo Guadalajara and then what I see all the time, estilo Tijuana. Yeah, I mean, I think Tijuana blew up here because we're so close to it. Mm-hmm. So like a taco estilo Tijuana, um, in Tijuana, like they have tortillas that are made like fresh that morning, but like they don't necessarily make them there at the stands. Uh, some places do make them there at the stands. In LA, one of the things that blew up here is making hand-fresh tortillas. And I think the Tijuana style taco kind of helped blow that up in LA. That Now we're like, you go everywhere. It's like they, they most of them have handmade tortillas. Um but like in Tijuana, it's like the tortilla de maíz. It's usually a yellow corn tortilla, not the white corn. Um, and they have abobada, which is their version of al pastor. Um, it's just mm-hmm. slightly different marinade. Um, and then like a guacamole and like their, their, their salsa, that like nice little vibrant red salsa they put on it and cilantro, um, cilantro y cebolla. So that's like a, that's like a, a TJ style taco. Um, then you go to like the F, they're like, they're smaller. It's more of a two inch tortilla, you know. They have al pastor, which is a different type of trompo. It's like a darker brown. It's a different marinade. It has like less achiote and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one thing is like, I remember starting this off and I get this less now and hopefully it's because more people have become educated as to the different types of tacos, but people would be like, that's not a taco. You know, like people are used to just like a carne asada taco, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, they see something with flour tortillas on there, like that's not Mexican. I'm like, no, that's very Mexican. Dude. That's northern. That's northern Mexico. You know, um, but yeah, there's so many different style tacos. So I want to get into because you know we end the show with that question. We've heard a lot of people tell us what their favorite tacos are, uh, taco places are. So I want to get your opinions on some of these. Uh, okay. I myself am a huge proponent. For all our loyal listeners know, I love Teddy's Red Tacos. That's how I found Mm -hmm. out about L.A. Taco. Now, birria, my exposure to birria was my dad would go hunting and kill deer, and he would make birria out of it. When I was really young, I would Mm. see them just completely slaughter a goat in front of me and make birria out of that. Uh, But so when they were doing, like, Teddy's Red Tacos, I'm just like, what? You know, and so what are your thoughts on Teddy's? I love Teddy's. Teddy's is great. Um, uh, it's, it's a it's a great taco. And, and sometimes, you know, uh, I'll, 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 I won't have it for a while. And then uh, I'll go back and have it. I'm like, oh, God, that, this is a good taco. And people talk a lot of shit. People always talk shit about any place that blows up, right? Oh, Lil's is not good anymore. Teddy's is not good anymore because it got big. I'm like shut up they're still good you know like they're still good like stop being haters you know um i love teddy's red tacos yeah it's one of my favorites for sure uh el russo is another uh, one that gets mentioned a lot on this show yeah and this one has tortillas de harina so what are your thoughts on el russo yeah i love el russo el russo is more of a of a of a you know i i I always have this thing where like the tacos represent the taquero like it's Mm -hmm. almost like a like an extension of them, 
you know, like El Russo's a big, burly guy, but a really simple <laughs> dude, but like he hits hard, you know? That's kind of how his tacos are. They're very big, you know, like, you know, fluffy tacos, like the tortillas de harina. Um, the, the meats are very simple. They're, they're quality meats, but like, you know, just sal, y that's about it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, they're big, humble tacos. Uh, I love those. I love the flour tortillas there too. I'm a big fan of their taco de chicharrón. Is there another yeah. place where I could get a good chicharrón taco? Like the ones they I have? Not, like yeah, I was not a fan of, of chicharrón. And then I had their taco and I'm like, what have I been missing? Is there someplace else that I can go to get one? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few places that make like a taco chicharrón. I mean, let me see. I, I'm terrible with like pop quizzes like this. Like, <laughs> name something sorry. off the top of your head. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Um, it's not a very common taco though. And I've ran yeah. about a couple places that do offer them. Um, but yeah, like a chicharrón prensado, like in salsa roja or salsa verde. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are hard to go wrong with. I think anybody, any place that offers it is going to be good. Which is okay. chicharrón. It just lends itself. Um, another one that gets a lot of love on the show, Sonora Town. Yeah. Sonora Town is the one that made the flour tortillas like popular in LA. They're the first ones that took the backlash of like, those are white people tortillas. And like, <laughs> no, that's from Sonora. Like, what are you, the name is Sonora Town. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I love Sonora Town. Sonora Town is like, like Sonora Town has such a unique flavor with their tortilla and their salsa mix and their asada. Like, um, that I love Sonora Town. Like, those, there's, there's places I get cravings for. I'll tell you the places I get cravings for. I'll okay. crave Sonora Town, right? Mm -hmm. I'll crave, um, um, Birria Jalisciense. Like, okay. honestly, like, I'm birriad out. Like, I don't want to see any more birria in L.A. There's so much fucking birria in L.A. Like, I don't want any more. But birria calicencia, like, I'll get an appetite for, like, I kind of want some of that birria. Because it's an okay. OG style, you know, Jalisco style. Um, I get cravings for, like, tacos estilo Guadalajara and Linwood. I get cravings for, like, mariscos jaliscos, the taco de camarón. Like, those are mm -hmm. the few tacos I get a craving for. Oh, y los dorados. Like, those crispy flautas. Like yeah. those are the few tacos I like. You're just like, oh god, you know what? I kind of want a bite of that. Wow. Um. So the, my mouth's watering here. Another one that <laughs> gets mentioned a lot on the show. I, I, I I'm going to be like you and not be a critic of it. But let's just say <laughs> there's there's other places I would have put a, ahead of it. But a lot of our guests are fans of guisados. What are your thoughts uh. on guisados? I, I, you know what? I, I love guisados, man. I mean, I don't know why it's people love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. Like, I look, I'm from Zacatecas. My family's from Zacatecas, and we're big on stews. We're big on guisados, especially mm -hmm. with like a flour tortilla, kind of like uh, asadero chicali, right? Like, uh, they have guisados with flour tortillas. Um, so for me, like, if I could pick any type of a protein, it would be guisado. You know, like like any kind of stews, you know, chilitos, con, you know, uh, chilito con puerco, uh, chicharrón prensados, you know, or like a tinga, you know, anything like that. I love that stuff. And guisados is one of the few that actually specializes in those type of tacos. So I think, you know, you, you can't find that variety of tacos in a lot of places in L.A. So for that, they get they get they get the thumbs up for me. You know, they always will. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people just don't think they're not big fans of guisados. I, I love guisados, you know. I think they're a good taco. Um, 
I think they also get that kind of the hate, or like they kind of blown up. They, you know, they have a lot of places, so people are like, ah, they were good when they first started. Now they have, yeah. they have a lot of locations, and there's a little truth to that. You know, maybe the quality isn't as good because you know you can't supervise every location, and so they might slip here and there. Um, yeah, but I generally love Guisados. I don't see why people have a problem with it. So as you discovered on the show, they call me the Prince of Darkness because I guess I'm a hater and I'm just a, a, aware of it. Um, so the last one I'm going to ask you about is one that gets mentioned a lot and I just do eye rolls. But hey, whatever. If you like it, you like it. Tito's. What is your thoughts on Tito's? I grew up with Tito's, man. Yeah? I grew up with Tito's. Uh, yeah, look. uh <laughs> It's not a good taco, okay? <laughs> it's not a good taco. The meat is dry. It's got a very simple salsa de tomate, um, gang of cheese. It's a Calmex taco, you know? Like, um, um, it's not a good taco. Um, it's also not a bad one either, all right? Like, I mean, you could do worse. You could do a lot worse. I mean, it's still better than, like, going to, like, next door to Cinco de Mayo and getting one of their tacos, right? Like, um <laughs> Um, it's not a good taco. I personally go for the burritos. Um, if I get those tacos, I will get a taco or two. Um, just cause they're literally down the street from me and I grew up with them and I'll just drown that shit in guacamole and salsa. <laughs> 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 you know, so, but for, for Tito's, it's more like the nostalgia. It's just a nostalgia thing. It's like pink hot dogs, right? They're not that great, yeah. you know, but people that, you know, grew up eating pinks, they're like, oh, you know, they're good hot dogs. No, nobody says pinks is a good hot dog, but you know. You might get a craving for it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a good taco, but it has its place in L.A. You know, it was one of the first big taco spots and kind of the popularized taco. So, you got to give them credit for bringing taco love to people on the west side. There you go. Uh, yeah. As I said, I am the Prince of Darkness, but I'm curious to to get your opinion on this. So, we would ask our guests if they preferred uh, tortillas de maíz or de harina, Right. And so whenever they would say harina, I would tell them they were wrong because that's the oppressor's taco. And I think people would understand, would misunderstood me when I said it was the oppressor's taco, because like you had said, that tortilla is popular in, in North America. But all I'm just saying is that originally they were using, you know, the corn to make the tortilla and then the Spanish came, you know, and introduced the flour. So that's why I referred it to as the oppressor's taco. But everybody's like, ah, oh, why do you what why do you hate tortillas de harina so much? I was like, dude, I don't hate them. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to educate you guys. But is it stupid yeah. to sit there and say, hey, which one do you prefer? You know, corn or 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 flour? Um so I mean, tortilla de harina is, is very popular in northern Mexico, not North America, like northern Mexico, mm. um, because corn couldn't grow in a lot of those areas. So they would, you know, take the wheat, you know, the bags of wheat, and they would, you know, compromise by doing tortillas de harina. I'm from Zacatecas, and in Zacatecas, tortillas de harina are a big thing. Um, one of my favorite, if you want to know what my favorite taco is, it's a burrito from... Uh, because burritos are tacos, and I don't know if you want to get into that. Yes, let's um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like the little burritos. Um, it's, it's called los burritos in Moyagua, in Zacatecas. That's one of my favorite. Like, that is my favorite taco in the world. And it's from back home, um, but it's bomb. 
Um, and they specialize in guisados. It's a tortilla de harina, a little bit of refried bean, and a guisado. You can have chilorio, you can have picadillo, you can have, um, um, you know, machaca, you can have, like, all kinds. I mean, they, they switch it up every day. Um, because of that, I love flour tortillas. I, I absolutely love flour tortillas. Do they work in all situations? No. I like corn, too. I mean, I, I, it's not because I prefer one or the other. Um, I'll prefer corn if it's going to be a regular taco with asada, like a yellow corn, right? I don't like the white corn, uh, but I, I, I like the yellow corn. Even the blue corn is good. Um, but for me, I like flour. I don't know. You know, I, that's just how I grew up. I know people hate on it or like, oh, that's the white people's tortilla. Like, <laughs> no, it's not the white people's tortilla. <laughs> Shut up. You know, like, I don't know. There's something about the chewiness of it, the butteriness, you know, like if you get a fresh handmade tor flour tortilla, there's just like, come on, man. Like they're buttery. They're chewy. They're just delicious. How can you hate on it? You know? So, yeah. I'm a flour tortilla guy, and I know a lot of people be like, "Oh, he's a taco guy, and he likes flour tortillas." Oh, how can we? How can he be credible? <laughs> like, yeah, well, just present, to, you know, just to piss off more of our listeners, can you explain to them uh, why a burrito is a taco? Well, it, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of uh, theories and stories and legends of how taco started. Originally, the taco is like a like a, a stick of dynamite that people would roll up like they would make a taco when they're mining, you know, and they would stick it in the hole. They would drill a hole in the rock and they would stick it in there. Um, so when people would make these tacos, they're literally like they started off as burritos. They were rolled up, you know, um, going to my grandma's, you know, in Mexico all the time, she'd be like, mijo, ¿quieres? te voy a echar unos taquitos para que vayas a rancho, right? You know, con tu abuelo. And what she would make, her taquitos were little burritos, you know, frijolitos y carnita or huevitos or you know whatever um growing up working you know in jardin in el jardin you know with with all the raza when it was lunchtime they would pull out their little you know grocery bags with aluminum foil full of uh burritos right and they'd be like hey man memo vente échate un taco you know they didn't call them burritos they call them tacos you know so burrito is just another form of a taco just like a flauta is another form of a taco you know, uh, just like a, a hard shell taco is another form of a taco. It's just it's a form of a taco. That's what it is. You're going to blow a lot of minds with that uh, memo. So <laughs> is it is it too hard to ask you for a favorite place in L.A. to go and get tacos? Or you just there's just too many. Yeah, there's just too many. I mean, like. uh There's just too many. There's too many. And they're all different. Like, you know, like El Russo, Sonora Town, Villas Tacos, uh, Tacos Estilo Guadalajara, uh, Brothers Cousins. I love Brothers Cousins on the West Side. Um, if you're in the Valley, I love like, uh, Virreria San Marcos. I love, uh, um, there's, there's like, ugh, there's just, there's just so many. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, they're all different. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Do I, I hate a... that answer. Do you hate? Do you have a favorite protein or like a favorite go-to taco? Um, I, my my favorite protein is is the rarest one that they have at on, on the taqueros. You know, like I'll, I always get asada. I always feel like I need to have meat. I love a good steak, right? Yeah. So the asada's got to be good. Um, I love al pastor. Um, but from there, like if they have suadero, mm, give me some suadero. 
There we go. There you have it. Yeah. So we we want to thank uh, Memo Torres again. Uh, for those of you who are not aware of LA Taco, go to the website, become a member. You can be a member as low as for $50 for the whole year, and you get some really great perks with it. But if you got extra income to throw away, you can go up to the next level, whatever. Because not only you're doing yourself a service, you're going to find out about tacos, but you're supporting local journalism. And we need more of that. We need to be able to hold people accountable. And, and that's what we, we've done here. So I, I want to thank Memo. You've been so gracious with your time. I'm sorry that we took so long. And my apologies for hating on the West Side. I need to learn to be better. Um, hating on the West Side, hearing that Portilla's mad. <laughs> just a hater. It's the Prince of Darkness over here. It's all good. Go, go ahead and just we go. We wouldn't Who be last if we didn't hate. <laughs> Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Uh, where can our listeners and viewers follow you on the socials? Um, El Dragón de Los Ángeles um, on Twitter and on and Instagram and TikTok. So and some of them is El Dragón de LA and it's got the, the underscore separating the words. Uh, the other ones are El Dragón de Los Ángeles, depending on which social media you are. At. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks again to Memo for joining us. And uh, we will hopefully continue to read great stories, not only about food, but other local stories in LA. So big thanks to you, Memo. Hey, thank you, man. And hopefully like we get to meet in person and I'll take you out some, for some tacos, man. Oh, it's on. <laughs> it's on now. Yeah, hit me up, man. Let's go get some tacos. I'm down. And a big thank you once again to El Dragon Memo Torres from LA Taco from for joining us on the show. Check out his stuff. I I mean, he uh he will give you some as you as you heard on this episode, he drops knowledge when it comes to tacos. He is a noted taco journalist. Check him out on the Taco Chronicles. I I, I really enjoy that show. Maybe some of you have already seen it. So for this episode of the Bleed Loves Podcast, you have sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mi colega, Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Loves Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.